section seventy six of the inheritance by susan edmonstein ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter five leaf we are to disease or hurt your person ony ways and far leather to want you bannatine's journal the dialogue was now at its lowest ebb when miss pratt came pattering into the room full speed while this disturbance was going on in one room mrs st clair was conversing with mr lindsay in another on the subject of a daughter's pupilage and lady rossville and colonel delmore found themselves together in the drawing-room where they flattered themselves with enjoying an uninterrupted tete-a-tete but within the drawing-room was a small turret containing piles of music portfolio of drawings and engravings heaps of worsteds and sewing silks and in short a variety of miscellaneous articles which the countess had not yet had leisure to look over this was a favourite haunt of miss pratt's who was fond of picking and grubbing amongst other people's goods not that she actually stole but that as she expressed it she often met with bits of things that were of no use to anybody and that when she showed to lady rossville she always made her welcome to for some time her head had been completely immersed in a large indian chest containing many odds and ends a few of which she had selected for the purpose of being hinted for and she was just shaking her ears from the cobwebs they might have contracted in their researches when they were suddenly smote with the sound of her own name pronounced by colonel delmore she heard the countess's voice in reply but it was too soft and low to enable her to ascertain her words since miss pratt is disagreeable to you and odious to me why don't you dismiss her the house then asked colonel delmore much as you despise her she may do mischief ah gertrude but here colonel delmore's voice sunk into a tenderer strain and its undistinguishable accents only penetrated the massive door which was betwixt them miss pratt had met with many a buffet in her day but she never had met with anything like this and her ears tingled with rage and mortification at hearing herself talked of in such a manner i wish anthony white heard him was her first mental ejaculation though even to herself had she considered a moment the mortifying conviction must have been that if anthony white did hear it it would only be to laugh at it she tried to make out something more which might prove either a confirmation or a refutation of this opprobrious expression but love doubts adore agony suspense unalterable heart holy mind etc were all she could pick up but these were too much the sword that had just fallen upon her cut two ways if not three her respectability and that was her weak side was compromised her footing in a house she had long looked upon as a home was endangered and her five guineas were in the most imminent peril in short she found she was in a very great scrape and the best thing she could do at present would be to take the first word of flighting and depart dismiss indeed dismiss one's own blood and miss pratt's danced and bubbled at the bare thought of such a thing there was a little back stair from the turret by which she could emerge without going through the drawing-room and confronting her adversaries and to that she betook herself and after a little searching found the major and his lady just beginning to recover their equilibrium when one's mind is ruffled it is always a satisfaction to meet with others in the same state 
especially when the cause is somewhat similar and though neither party would for the world have betrayed to the other the cause of its discomposure yet both felt that sort of secret sympathy which made it hail fellow well met miss pratt was too experienced in the art of offering visits securing a seat in a friend's carriage and such like manoeuvres to be at any loss on the present occasion and as the major and lady in spite of all their finery were not particularly sought after they were much flattered at the compliment and soon settled that she should accompany them in the first instance to thornbank where she insinuated she would not be allowed to remain long as both lady wellwood and lady restall would go mad if they heard she was in their neighbourhood till they got hold of her this important point settled the next thing to be done was to give all possible bustle and importance to her departure that she might not appear to have been driven away by anything that insolent puppy had said she had no notion of sneaking away as if her nose had been bleeding or showing herself any way flustered or giving him the slightest satisfaction in any way she therefore went openly to work rung all the bells called to the servants spoke loudly but calmly about her preparations to lady betty and mrs st clair and finally repaired to the room where she had left the countess and her lover and where she still found them well lady roswell i'm just come to apologize to you for doing what is really an ill-bred thing but your good friends the major and his lady have prevailed upon me to take a seat in their carriage and as there's many visits i ought to have paid long ago our cousins the millbanks for one i'm just going to run away from you i declare there's the carriage and by the by countess there's a bit of indian silk i have of yours that i got for a pattern and have always forgot to return but i shall bring it with me next time i come with a look of cool defiance at colonel delmore you are perfectly welcome to it said lady roswell in some little embarrassment what to say next but this is a very sudden resolution of yours i am a great enemy to your long preparations a long warning is just a lingering parting as mr white says so farewell god bless you my dear and take care of yourself in a most emphatic and oracular tone take care of yourself and in a loud whisper if you would take an old friend's advice you would dismiss at least one of your lovers with a glance at colonel delmore who from the moment of her entrance had been amusing himself with a musical snuff-box which he continued to play off with the most unceasing attention as if quite unconscious of her presence gertrude was leaving the room with miss pratt to do the parting honour to her guests when looking up he called shall i walk to the stables now and examine the state of your stud or shall i wait for you i am no judge of horses answered the countess so i shall leave that department entirely to you and she passed on to the saloon before miss pratt could find words to express her indignation at finding he had already begun to interfere in the rossville menage all was now leave-taking regrets compliments promises and imitations and final adieus and the trio at length were wheeled off much solace they found in each other's society during the drive for each and all of them had something to animadvert upon as to the state of affairs at rossville uncle adam missed miss pratt at dinner and the kind message she had left for him with mrs st clair was not delivered lindsay was out of spirits and lady rossville was inattentive and in short uncle adam began to feel himself one too many he was also within two pages of the end of guy mannering and therefore upon retiring to his chamber he sent off a line to the blue boar desiring a chaise might be sent for him the following morning at six o'clock in of section seventy six